when we choose to forgive, we are unshackling ourselves from the things that the enemy would want us to be in bondage to. We are now being set free to live again, to find joy in our life again, to um, not be bitter, but to be better. So forgiveness is extended even if it's not earned. beautiful. Welcome to my podcast, Life Redesigned with Lisa, where I help overwhelmed women find hope and healing in the midst of betrayal, trauma, and loss. I help you discover the new you and redesign your life the way you desire it to be. One that is lived passionately, out loud, on purpose, full of impact, and lots of joy, the way God intended it to be. So grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, pull up a chair and let's focus in on you for a few minutes, shall we? Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life redesigned. Welcome back, beautiful, to another episode of Life Redesigned with Elisa. Today, we are talking about the subject of forgiveness, one that is not easy. It's not easy when we've been wounded to even think about forgiving that person, but it's necessary in the healing process, and we need to kind of break it down today so that we can understand what it is, what it's not. Is it the same as reconciliation? And there are four stages to forgiveness. And I even want to touch on God's heart on forgiveness. So we are going to jump into this. Ladies, listen, I know this is going to be difficult for some of you. It was for me way back a few years ago. But I can tell you in the midst of my journey, when I walked through the forgiveness portion of it, and I still am walking through some of it, it really has set me free. And I want that for you today. So let's jump in. So first, I want to talk to you today about what forgiveness is. Now, forgiveness generally is forgiving a debt that is owed to you. And in reality, you have had someone take something from you. You've been stolen from. And in the process, there is this debt that has occurred that is owed to you. And we look at it and say, you know, you owe me for what you did to me. And I know that I even said that to myself. But reality is, when you have been betrayed, that is a debt that can never be paid back. The reality is, what has been done to you can never, ever be taken back. And they can't repay you for what they did to you. So it's a debt that is owed, yet cannot be satisfied. So forgiveness is actually dismissing that debt. Now listen, don't turn me off yet. Hang tight with me. (laughs) I know that just jumping into this is very difficult. Believe me, I totally understand where you are, but hang tight. You're going to really, really be set free from this broadcast today. So hang tight. So forgiveness is dismissing the debt that was owed to you. It's dismissing the demand that the one that wounded you so deeply, who owes you something, that you're going to dismiss that. You're going to dismiss the fact that they are failing to meet your expectations, that they failed to keep a promise to you. 
that they failed to treat you justly. You are going to dismiss that. And it's a demand that we have because in reality, we want our expectations met. Would you not agree? We want promises that have been made to us to be kept. We want to be treated with respect and treated justly. But when that happens, when we've been betrayed, all that's been broken. So there's a demand in our heart that says, you owe me and this should now be paid back. But again, they can't. So forgiveness is dismissing that demand that you have in your heart that someone owes you something. Forgiveness is also dismissing or canceling or setting someone free from the consequence of falling short of God's standard. Now, hang tight with me on this. What I mean is you are not their judge. Yes, what has been done to you is wrong. And yes, there should be consequences that happen. Now, I'm not saying that you forgive and completely forget and let someone walk all over you. That is not what I'm saying, beautiful lady. Not by any means. But what I am saying is that God is going to deal with them. It's God who is their judge. It's God who has consequences in place when people fall short. And they've got to go to God with this and really repent and turn their lives around. But you're not Holy Spirit in their lives. You really aren't. I know we would love to play that. I know I tried many times, but we're not. So we cannot judge them. We cannot... Um, propose upon them this sentence, but this is what we can do. We can set safe boundaries for ourselves when we're saying, look, I'm going to forgive you for a debt that you owe me because I know you can never pay me back for what you did, but I'm going to set you free from that. But there is a consequence that I'm setting up and the consequence is a boundary. You are not going to be allowed to treat me the way that you've been treating me. I will not allow you to be around me if you are going to continue with the actions that you're currently in. And you set up perimeters that are safe for you. Now, these are consequences. It's, it's kind of like this. If you have someone who is dealing with alcoholism and they are constantly night after night after night drinking and getting drunk, they're unable to hold down a job, they are uh, financially wrecking you, then a boundary needs to be placed. And you look at them and say, until you get help, and until this is rectified, you're not going to be around me. You are going to have to leave the house and you're not going to have um, privy to the bank account anymore. You're not going to be able to live here under the same roof. These are the consequences for the sin that is being um, constantly portrayed and lived out in their lives. So yes, we set consequences, but when it comes to being judge, Holy Spirit in their life, that is God's job and not ours. Forgiveness is also extended even if it's never ever earned. Now the reason why I say that is this, we, we have a tendency to say, you know, you've got to earn my forgiveness. In other words, you've got to work for it. Well, here's the truth, ladies. Jesus in his grace and his mercy did not require me to work for my forgiveness. 
It was a free gift. And because of that, I love and adore him and obey him and want to serve him the rest of my life. And we are called as Christians to extend the same. So even if it's not earned, we choose to extend forgiveness to them. And again, I know this is difficult to hear, but what it's doing is when we extend forgiveness, we are unshackling ourselves from the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the resentment, the toxicity that that carries in our life. And it's a bondage. And by choosing to forgive, and we're going to talk about in a minute what that kind of looks like. When we choose to forgive, we are unshackling ourselves from the things that the enemy would want us to be in bondage to. We are now being set free to live again, to find joy in our life again, to um, not be bitter, but to be better. So forgiveness is extended even if it's not earned. Forgiveness is also extended regardless of the lack of repentance. Listen, you may have a situation where they're not repentant right now. I know in my situation, it was over a year before there was any repentance whatsoever, where there was any remorse at all. But I chose early on to start working through the forgiveness process because I did not want to be in bondage to that kind of bitterness and hate and yuck in my life. So I chose to enter into a forgiveness stage, I chose to release the resentment that I had toward my husband. I chose that because I knew, you know, I might not hear I'm sorry. I might not even see repentance. And if I never did, I still chose to forgive because I wanted to be set free to live again. So we release our rights to hear I'm sorry. We release our right to be bitter. We release our right to get even. You know, in Romans 12, 17, it says, do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You know, we always want vengeance when someone has betrayed us, but vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and believe me, God will step in on your behalf. Forgiveness is also releasing your rights regardless of the offense. It means that you're not going to dwell on the offense anymore. You're not going to hold on to it. You're not going to keep bringing it up over and over and over. Now, again, hear me on this. That's not to say that you're not going to go into counseling or coaching and work through this with someone. Or if you choose as a couple, because there is true repentance and remorse, and now you're working towards reconciliation, that you're not going to bring it up at some point because there is a process in this that you're going to have to work through. I'm not saying that. I'm saying years down the road, you're not still wallowing in this unforgiveness. That's what I'm talking about here. Forgiveness is also reflecting on the character of God. Just as God is willing to forgive us, we're called to forgive others. We're called to forgive, which means to extend mercy, to give that free gift of grace, and to set the offender free. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. This is what we're called to do as Christian women. Now, again, this is for us, okay? Forgiveness 
lets us be set free. And we hand over the offender to God so that God can deal with them. And I can tell you personally, that's what I had to do. And I had to trust God with the outcome. I had to get to the point where I said, you know, God, whether or not there is repentance and remorse, whether or not there is a reconciliation, whether or not I end up single or back together, I'm going to trust you in this process. And I'm going to choose to forgive because you extended your grace and your mercy to me. And I remember when I was the offender, when I was the betrayer, And I had that forgiveness extended to me. It was so freeing. And God used that to grow me into the woman that I am today. So that is what forgiveness is. So let's talk a little bit about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not circumventing God's justice. God will execute justice in his time and in his own way. You need to trust God with your circumstances, with your life. He has your best interest at heart and he will do what is best for you. And God's justice is always pure and true and right. Forgiveness is not waiting also for time to heal all wounds, as they say. The truth is, time does not heal all wounds. Some people will not allow healing to take place. I know that there are women that hold on to bitterness for 9, 10, 15 plus years, and it has wrecked them physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, financially, in every aspect of their life because they were not forgiving, number one, and they thought, well, in time, I'll just heal from it. I don't have to forgive. It'll heal like a wound heals. But the truth is, if you don't take care of the wound, the wound's not going to heal properly. So time doesn't always heal a wound when people don't want it to. Forgiveness is not letting the guilty off the hook either. It's moving the guilty from your hook onto God's hook. Remember I said earlier, when you release the debt, you're handing them over to God. And it's not our responsibility to play Holy Spirit in someone's life. So we've now released them. We've let them off our hook. And now they're onto God's. And I'm going to tell you, I'm glad I don't have that responsibility. (laughs) I'm glad it is God's responsibility because he is the only one that can change a heart. So you have to release your offender into God's hands. And listen, during those times, I remember getting on my knees in the middle of my apartment living room and I would pray and wretched tears would fall from my eyes and my body would pure quake and ache. And I would tell God, God, I can't do this, but you can. And I'm going to trust you no matter what the outcome. I'm going to trust you, but I pray more than anything. Let me forgive as you forgave me and let me rise up as a better woman through this. Not better but better. And that's what he did for me. And he will do the same for you. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation either. Listen, it takes two for reconciliation to take place. And it only takes one for forgiveness to take place. So while reconciliation would take both of you, it would take repentance, true remorse, and forgiveness. At the end of the day, beautiful, it only takes you to forgive. It doesn't even mean that they have to even have their life straight. Remember, God forgave us in the midst of our sin, and we can forgive as well. Forgiveness is not also being a weak martyr. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are being Christ-like when we forgive, but it doesn't mean that we have to let somebody walk all over us. Like I said earlier, it doesn't mean that you're saying, okay, what you did to me was fine and dandy. It's okay that you've treated me the way you did. No, you put up your boundary and you choose to forgive, but you let them know you're not treating me this way anymore. And until you get your life straight, you're not allowed around me. There is a boundary that's in place now. You're not a martyr. Forgiveness is also not stuffing your anger. It is resolving your anger by releasing the offense to God. And forgiveness also is not a natural response. Listen, this is a supernatural response that is empowered by God. And this is where God is going to really have to help you through that process. I remember a few weeks ago, I was driving by a Chick-fil-A and there was this mound of um different pieces of cement. It was a construction site. And I actually took a picture of it. And it reminded me of forgiveness. And I remember early on, I would say, okay, God, I want to forgive. I want to forgive. And it would be only a little bit that I was able to do. And it was piece by piece by piece. And sometimes I would even have to forgive it again. And you think to yourself and say, well, God, what's wrong with me? Why am I having to forgive this thing five, six, ten times? Well, it's like that mound of concrete. Piece by piece has to be shoveled away. Because there's been a mound of wounds, a mound of lies and deception and betrayal and everything that goes with it. And you may be like the woman that I spoke to who was driving down the road and drove by a hotel and had to stop and say, God, I forgive my husband for coming to the hotel with that woman. And she forgave that piece that day. And a few weeks later, she drove by that same hotel, stopped at that point and said, God, I forgive the fact that he used our finances out of our bank account to bring her to this hotel. It was another piece of the forgiveness puzzle that she had to forgive. So sometimes it's shoveling <laughs> the pieces of the forgiveness journey that we have to do. And it is a job sometimes, but it is so, so worth it. Forgiveness is also not conditional. Forgiveness is unconditional. It's a mandate from God for everyone. It, it doesn't mean that, well, I'll forgive you if you change. I'll forgive you if you pay me back or if you show uh, this kind of repentance. No. Forgiveness is unconditional. You choose to forgive because it's the right thing to do. Forgiveness is also not forgetting I know that the old cliche is forgive and forget. But ladies, the truth is we don't forget. The only one that ever can is God. And he throws our sins as far as the east is to the west. And he remembers them no more. And I know there are times we wish we could do the same thing. But the truth of the matter is we can't. We don't forget. When we forgive the wound or the, the hurt, the pain that's associated with it, it's less and less and less the more we walk in forgiveness. And I can tell you that is truth because I've walked it and I'm still walking it and the pain does not grab me like it used to. So let's talk about the four stages of forgiveness. The first stage is this. You have to face the offense. You have to realize that you can't minimize the offense. Don't excuse the offensive behavior. You cannot do that. 
You've got to face it head on. And I know that is so difficult because it's so, so painful. But unless you face it, unless you look the facts in the face and have the truth stare back at you, you're never going to be completely set free and be able to forgive. In 2 Corinthians 1, 9, it says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. We have to face the offense of what has happened. That is the first stage of truly walking in forgiveness. The second stage is this. You have to feel the offense. And I know some of you are going to want to turn me off right now, but don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. <laughs> it's hard when you have to feel the emotion, the pain, the hurt of what's been done to you. But if you deny your pain, if you carry a false sense of hating what happened, you're never going to be healed and you're never going to be set free and you're never going to be able to forgive fully. You have to feel the pain so that you can work through it. Crying is not a bad thing. Yelling at times is not a bad thing. Listen, ladies, I yelled and screamed and pounded the floors in my apartment and felt the pain and the agony, but I chose to so that I could work through it because it enabled me to walk in forgiveness. The third stage of forgiveness is to forgive the offender. Once you faced the reality, you faced what has happened to you, once you have allowed your feelings to feel it, you face the facts, you felt the feelings, then is time to say, okay, I need to forgive the offender because we're called to forgive like God forgave us. And genuine forgiveness draws you into the heart of God and your life takes on the divine character of Christ. Matthew six fourteen through 15 says this, if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is a difficult scripture. But ladies, you know, it's the word of God and it's truth. We have to forgive. And we can by the most powerful force in the universe, which is God. When we allow his supernatural Holy Spirit to take over, we can truly forgive the offender. The fourth stage of forgiveness is to find oneness, if it's appropriate. Now, note this. If the offender honestly accepts responsibility, if they have ended the affair, if they have truly repented, and there is evidence of remorse, and there's fruit of repentance in their life, then it's possible to move towards reconciliation. But you also need to set appropriate boundaries. You need to work out boundaries for you to keep yourself safe and to move forward in reconciliation. And we will talk about boundaries on another episode. And you also need to not rush into reconciliation. Change takes time. Listen, 
I made sure that there was fruit in keeping with repentance before I started moving forward. And I stayed separated physically from my husband for an entire year because I wanted to see fruit. And we are still working through a lot of the process because it takes time. They say that it can take up to three years to really get to a decent place once you've been through betrayal. But moving forward is possible when you have walked through forgiveness and you're still walking through forgiveness. Now, is forgiveness the same as reconciliation? No, it's not. Again, you can forgive without reconciling to your spouse. Forgiveness is a a one-way direction. Okay, you choose to forgive the offender whether or not they change or not. Reconciliation, on the other hand, is reciprocal. It's occurring in both ways. You both have decided to move forward together. Forgiveness is where you release the offender. You've made that decision. Whereas reconciliation is the effort to rejoin the offender. You've chosen to move forward because you've seen evidence of true repentance. Forgiveness involves a change in thinking about the offender, where reconciliation involves a change in the behavior by the offender. So your husband has changed. The behavior is there. It's correct. It's true. It's pure, right? Your forgiveness is the actual thinking about the way you think about your husband. Doesn't matter if he's changed or not. You're the one that chose to change your way of thinking, not to become bitter and vengeful, but to become better and Christ-like. Forgiveness is also a free gift to the one who has broken the trust that you once had with them. And reconciliation is a restored relationship based on restored trust. Now, trust does take time. It takes time to restore, and that can take a very long time. And the offender needs to be willing to say, okay, however long this is going to take, whether it's months or whether it's years, I'm going to walk through this and I'm going to continue to do the hard work because I want this so desperately. That's the fruit you're looking for. That's the fruit that must be there in order for reconciliation to take place and in order for you to start regaining any kind of trust. Forgiveness, like I said earlier, is also unconditional. While reconciliation is conditional, it is based on repentance and fruit, keeping and repentance. Listen, ladies, you have to have these things in place. And again, you can forgive without reconciliation. My prayer is that both take place in your life because that's God's heart when it comes to forgiveness. God commands that we forgive one another. He wants us to forgive others because he forgives us. He wants us to see unforgiveness as sin. He wants us to get rid of unforgiveness and have a heart of mercy. He also wants us to do our part to live at peace with everyone and to overcome evil with good and to be ministers of reconciliation. In Luke 6, 37, it says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Ladies, the truth of the matter is this. God has called us to forgive even the worst offenses in our life. And I remember early on, I was driving down a road in Charleston, and I was crying out to God about having to forgive what had been done to me. 
I said, Lord, I've had so much happen in my life. I've even been the offender. But for some reason, having my husband do this to me, the man that I loved with all of my heart, betray me. How in the world can I forgive something so horrific? And ladies, I will never forget hearing so clearly in my spirit from God tell me, I forgave things so much worse that you've done to me, child. And if I can forgive you, you can also forgive because my grace is sufficient for you and my power is within you to forgive. And I made the decision that day to not be bitter, but to choose to start walking a path of forgiveness. And it changed me. It changed my life. It made me start the healing process. I got stronger. I became more resilient. I um, found joy once again. And I was able to not be in bondage to the outcome of what would happen in my life. I was good whether or not I would be single or whether my marriage would be restored. I was okay either way because I knew that God had forgiven me and he would give me the power to forgive. It would be a process, but it could take place and it has. And I will say the wounds that we carry are deep from betrayal. They really are. And when I talk to God about the wounds and the scars that I bear, I'll never forget that he told me, I understand what it's like to bear scars because I bear scars for you, child, because I bore them on the cross for you. And it's proof that I love you deeply and the scars that you bear show that you love deeply too. So ladies, realize that the wounds and the scars that you have while they are there, and they not always visible, but you know that they are there, instead of letting them be a reminder of something so horrific, let them remind you that you love deeply, that you are a child of God, and that you are capable of forgiving at such a deep level, and rising above the bitterness and the toxicity that betrayal would want to bondage you in, to be free and joyful and live a life that's full and abundant. That's my prayer for you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode on forgiveness. I know it was a difficult one, but a necessary one for our healing process. And listen, if you know a lady, you have a friend who is walking through betrayal and who's struggling with forgiveness, share this episode with her. Share it with many because we need to truly understand what forgiveness is, what it's not, the stages of forgiveness, and how it can set us free. That's my prayer for you, and that's my prayer for me. Y'all have a blessed one, and I can't wait to have you join me again on another episode of Life Redesign with Lisa. Cheers. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, had an aha moment, or were inspired to take the next step in your healing journey, by all means, leave me a review. It's the highest compliment I can receive. And make sure to screenshot this episode. Share us out on IG and Facebook stories. Tag me at Life Redesigned with Lisa Podcast, and I'll make sure to give you a huge shout out as well. And if you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and redesign your life and relationships the way you desire them to be, hit me up in the DM. I would love to hear from you and connect. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance you may be going through. Cheers to you, beautiful.